This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Thank you that I am righteous and holy in your eyes, and that I am welcomed into your kingdom. And with a proud heart, this man prayed and prayed. The second man, who was indeed a sinner, came to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me, for I am a sinner, and I repent of my sin. I humble myself before you. Would you please have mercy on me? And Jesus said that the man who came and humbled himself went away forgiven. But the other man who was proud, his prayers were not answered. Did you know that there are times when we can talk to God when we don't even mean it? Sometimes we pray because someone else is listening. We're not really praying to God. We're saying something to God so someone else can hear us say it. God says, I'm not tricked by that. Then there are times when we pray to the Lord and we want him to do something, but we're not willing to do what he wants us to do. I go, okay, God, I know you asked me to do this and this and this, and I'm not really interested in doing that right now, but I've got a little list here for you. Would you please sit down because I'd like, I would like you to make notes to make sure that you do all these things that I want you to do for me. And about the things you asked me to do, I'll think about them. God says, I'm sorry it doesn't work that way. Till you're willing to come humbly before me, this conversation is cut off. You might think, well, that's kind of harsh. Let me just share with you what the Word of God says. God tells us that we have, we can have our prayers blocked. We can have our prayers blocked when we are not in proper relationship with one another. The scripture says for husbands and wives that when we do not treat each other the way God intends us to treat each other, that our prayers are blocked from heaven. You come to the Lord and you say, oh God, I'm looking to uh, be able to do this or that for your kingdom and I want you to really anoint me powerfully for your work. And when you go home, you're yelling at your wife and as a wife, maybe you're not respecting your husband and then you expect God to respond to you in a great way. God says, no, it doesn't work that way. Just because you prayed an eloquent prayer does not mean that I'm going to listen. I want you to get right what I asked you to do first and then we'll talk and we'll have a conversation about how this is going to work. So oftentimes when we are having our prayers blocked, there's something that's standing in the way and it's not God's fault. David said this in Psalm 66. He said in verse 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen and he paid attention to my prayer. Proverbs 28 verse 9, listen to this closely. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. So can you imagine? We come into the presence of God and we think, okay, I really need to pray today. And we come into the presence of the Lord and we spend a period of time talking to him. And yet we reject what God has asked us to do. And in essence, the time that we spend in his presence is wasted. Why? Not because of God's fault, but because of ours. If we don't come and genuinely say, oh God, I surrender my life and my heart to you. And our relationship with him in prayer is not going to work. 
The scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the conversation begins. God says, all right, we can talk now. Let's have a conversation because I've been wanting to use you for years. I've been waiting for you to confess that sin to me. I've been wanting to purify your heart so that you could be a vessel that is useful for my kingdom in Springfield and all around. And all of a sudden, when we confess our sin to God, we begin to see God move in ways we've never seen him before. Because before God's presence can show up, he's always got to clean house. And that's exactly why Jesus went in the temple and did some house cleaning. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And the scripture says, that Jesus was filled with emotion. The things that delight God should delight us, and the things that anger God should anger us. And Jesus was overwhelmed by what he saw going on. And he was cleaning house. The Holy Spirit is so wonderful in the way that he works. God's heart is that we will be fully effective for his kingdom's purposes. The scripture tells us in Zechariah chapter 12, it relays to us a period of time in future history when the Jews are going to come to the realization that Jesus Christ was indeed their Messiah. And it tells us in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 11, what it's going to look like on that day. And I read you this from the word of God. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace. And I want you to take note of these, both of these uh, points here, a spirit of grace and of prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced. Well, that's a giveaway right there. It's Jesus talking. They, and this is from the book of Zechariah, by the way. This is the Old Testament here. This is a prophecy that would be fulfilled. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow and mourning in Jerusalem on that day will be like the great mourning for Hadad Rimen in the valley of Megiddo. God is saying the day is coming when my precious people whom I called out of Egypt, they did not recognize me when I came to them, but the day will come when they will recognize me and the Holy Spirit is going to pour out on them a spirit of grace and a spirit of prayer. And the spirit of grace and the spirit of prayer is going to overwhelm them and they are going to look on Jesus whom they have pierced and tears are going to fill their eyes. They're going to say, oh my, I did not know what I did. That's why Stephen prayed, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. It's why Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. There was an element of ignorance in it all, even though they had a certain level of knowledge. 
unless God pours out a spirit of grace and prayer upon us, then our relationship with him will be lifeless. God intends for his house to be called a house of prayer for all nations. And the only life that will be evident in Christian life center will be dependent upon the level to which we are willing to submit to the almighty God, to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, to repent of any sin and to say, God, I depend upon you, not just when I'm in an emergency, but I need you every single day. I need your presence to be able to live. I need you to be a witness on my job. I need you to be able to live with my family and to be an example of your character. And for that to happen, we have to make it a priority. Otherwise, the place of prayer will become a marketplace. How does that happen? Well, you may not see little booths selling sheep and doves all around you. But what happens is, is in the corners of your mind, while you're sitting in church, there's a marketplace going on inside your head. And everything and anything will be calling your attention while your pastor's preaching. Things that you didn't get done throughout the week. Your mind can wander all over the place. And you look like you're fully here, but maybe only a percentage of you is here. It it can happen to any of us. The Lord has had to constantly bring me back into focus. Stay focused on what you're doing. We're in the presence of God. It takes actually some effort for us to engage the presence of the Lord. We don't just lazily come into the presence of God and say, God, well, if you want to show up today, that'd be really nice. No, we must do our part to initiate that relationship. And so it takes prioritizing that in our lives and it takes prioritizing it in our church. Every single one of us need time with God in private and on our own. Jesus said, when you go into your prayer closet, you pray and I will reward you in public. And that's the private prayer time. But you look in the book of Acts and in the temple, there was a regular time of prayer. And when the disciples were going to the time of prayer, amazing things happened. They would meet lame people along the way and they would see that they would have faith and they would say, my brother, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And lo and behold, the guy jumps up and begins to dance around because of the power of the living God that happened on route to a prayer meeting at the temple. I believe God wants us to be a house of prayer for all nations. It was his heart back when it was prophesied in Isaiah. It was his heart when it was restated when he went in and cleaned the temple. And I have no doubt that it's his heart in 2016. So what are we going to do about it? Oh, I'm glad you asked. So what we're going to do (laughs) is we are going to establish a weekly corporate time of prayer for our church body. And I invite, and I'll go so far as to say I challenge every one of you to be there. 
On Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, we will begin our corporate time of prayer called our Engage Prayer Meeting. Now, when you come, you'll find, and it begins tonight. It begins tonight, 6 o'clock. I'm really looking forward to seeing you again. It was getting tough waiting till Wednesday to see you. But now I get to see you within a few hours. I do hope you'll come. I particularly challenge all the leaders in the church, please be sure you're there. If you lead any ministry in this church, unless you absolutely cannot be there, I expect you there. Because we as a church body must move forward. And the only way we're going to move forward is through the power of the Spirit. And the only way that the Spirit of God is going to move is when we ask Him to. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Now, it's going to be a little different setup. It's not going to be like this. Uh, we're going to be in prayer, in corporate prayer. This is not private prayer closet. This is corporate prayer. This is where uh, we agree together in talking to our Heavenly Father. These are times where you come, and some of you may need a little bit of time to adjust to it, so that's okay, but I'm giving you fair warning, that when we come together for prayer, the main focus is prayer. So when you walk in tonight at 6 o'clock, it's not, oh, hi, how's your business going? Or, oh, beautiful weather today. No, that's not what we're going to be doing. We come in, there's going to be some uh, music playing, but we're going to immediately come into the presence of the Lord. We're going to have a focus from Scripture, and we're going to begin our prayer meeting in prayer, because we're, we're there to focus on the Lord. It's going to be roughly an hour, so it'll be about from six to seven. But if the Spirit of the Lord is working on people and they're praying, God forbid that I should say, uh, excuse me, sir, let's get out of here. So that is, uh, what I'm telling you is that roughly it's six to seven, and you can feel free to leave at seven o'clock. You can come with the intent of leaving at seven o'clock if you wish. But if the Lord is moving, then you're going to be able to quietly leave on your own, and we're going to continue praying. I'm just giving you fair warning on that, because we're here to seek the Lord. And as we seek the Lord, God's going to do amazing things. He says, call upon me, Jeremiah 33, 3, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know about things to come. I'm not sure about you, but I'm interested in knowing some of that stuff. We must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, when you come to pray, you're not just coming to fulfill some religious obligation. You're coming to talk to the God who made you. And you're coming to do so with battle buddies. Because what we're going to do is we're going to engage in spiritual warfare. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And there are some battles you're facing in your home right now that you aren't going to be able to resolve by sitting down and talking about it. And that is very important, by the way. But for some of the battles you're facing, that's not going to be enough. We need the power of the Spirit of God to help us in our daily lives. May we as a church body be able to be found ready so that if, for example, Jesus were to walk in this place, may he never have to throw anything around. May he never start taking chairs and throwing them around and saying, what is going on around here? 
But may we walk into this place and say, wow, I recognize this place. It's a house of prayer for all nations, just like my father wants it to be. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and I humble ourselves before God and say, I don't care what kind of church programs we have here. I don't care what kind of beautiful buildings we have. That in itself is not going to transform the lives of people. And I'm thankful for all those things. But unless the Lord sends the rain, we're dry. That's just the fact. Unless the Lord sends the rain, we're dry. What did he say in that scripture in Zechariah? I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer. My prayer is, God, let it rain. Let the spirit of grace, let the spirit of prayer rain on me. You know, I know that there have been times in my own life when it's been, I'm being very open with you, a struggle to come into the presence of the Lord. I wish it were the other way around, but there are times when it is a struggle. You don't feel like praising God. You don't feel like going to prayer meeting. You don't, I understand that. I've been there many times. But one of the things I've learned over the years is that if I always went by how I feel, my life will be really messed up. But when I do it, even when I don't feel like it, that's a step of faith. Hey God, I don't feel like it today, but because of who you are, I'm going to do it in faith. And many times I've done it anyways, and guess what? God has surprised me. I might have felt tired. He gave me supernatural strength. I might be going through something challenging, and because I was willing to offer myself to the Lord, God stepped in and did what I couldn't do in a million years. God loves us, and he wants to work among us. And he's wanting us to be a house of prayer. My prayer for you and for me and for all of us is that we will be united with the heart of God. And where we're united with, when we're united with his heart, we're going to see great and mighty things happen for his glory. I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up at this time. And I want to share this challenge with you as we wrap this time up together. After Jesus went into the temple and he cleansed it, he took a little stroll the next morning and he went by a fig tree. A fig tree that earlier he had cursed. And he said to the tree, may, may you never bear fruit again. And Peter, verse 21, he looked at... He looked at that tree and it was totally withered and died. This was in a matter of days. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Now, I want to encourage us and challenge us there are times for spiritualizing things, and I do believe that many of the things that we do deal with are like mountains in our lives, and they will be moved in prayer. But I also want us to remember that when Jesus withered uh, the tree, that wasn't figurative. That was a literal tree that no longer was able to bear fruit 
because Jesus withered it. And the disciple was looking at it and going, wow. And when Jesus was talking about moving a mountain, there was a figurative element to that that all of us can apply. But sometimes we get caught up in the figurative or spiritualizing something that we don't take the faith to be able to believe that it can happen in the actual reality. Mountains can literally move by the power of the Word of God, not just figuratively and spiritually. Trees can literally wither up. Jesus went on to say, he said, I tell you, You mu- he said, I tell you, you can pray, verse 24, for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. Look at the tense there in your Bible. If you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. You see, it takes faith to believe that you've received something when you don't see it in your hand yet, doesn't it? Now, before we get off and asking things, just whatever we want based upon our own selfishness, I want to qualify this, that when you ask for anything according to the will of God, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive, Jesus said, anyone that you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Don't allow your prayers to be blocked. Some of you are believing God for miracles. I want to believe God with you for them. But I don't want that prayer to be blocked. So get rid of anything that is displeasing to the Lord. In just a few moments, you're going to have your own private prayer time with God. And you're going to have an opportunity to lay it out before Him and say, Spirit of God, put the spotlight on any area that needs to be resolved. If there is any barrier between me and you, God, show me. If you haven't forgiven someone, maybe you're holding a grudge against them, it'll block your prayer. You're not treating your spouse right, it'll block your prayer. If you're not dealing honest in your business, it'll block your prayer. Don't allow anything to take away that vibrant relationship that God wants to have with you. So how do we deal with that? Feeling guilty about stuff doesn't change anything. The devil does a plenty of a good job making us feel guilty about the things we do wrong, doesn't he? That doesn't fix them. But when you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. And you know what? The guilt is gone because it was nailed to the cross at Calvary. And you can say, God, yes, I did do wrong. Yes, I was, I was disobedient to you, but thank you for forgiving me. And now restore to me the joy of my salvation. And God will do it. He will do it for you. In just a moment, these altars will be open. And that is going to be your opportunity to come down to this altar. You can find a place to kneel. You can pray. Sometimes our prayer warriors are going to join around you, but for this time, this is you and God. To find a place and say, God, here I am. I surrender myself to you. Prepare me for the rain. 
you'll pour out on me a spirit of grace and a spirit of prayer when I don't even feel like it. God, pour buckets of a spirit of grace and a spirit of prayer upon me today. Maybe you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I really know this God that you're talking about. I'm not really sure that I'm ready to be in his presence. Well, I want you to know that you can be. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. God desires for you to experience his presence completely. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, the word of God says you will be saved. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, I want to make that decision to surrender my life to Jesus, to repent of all my sin and to give my life over to him so that my name will be written in the book of life. If you're here today, God wants to transform your life. Would you just simply raise your hand right where you are? I'd be glad to pray with you. Is there anyone today that needs to make that decision to follow Jesus? Spirit of God, do your work in this room this morning. May every heart be ready to meet you. I sincerely do hope with all of my heart that every one of you in this room are ready to meet Jesus. Now I want to simply invite every man and woman in this place who would say before the Lord, God, I want there to be no barriers between you and I. I humble myself. I surrender my heart to you. God, would you pour out on me a spirit of grace and a spirit of prayer so that I can be a part of this church body moving forward to see your hand move mightily in the city of Springfield and in Christian Life Center for the glory of God. If that's you, This is your time to come. You're welcome to find a spot around the altars. And we're just going to take some moments to seek the Lord. You are welcome as we seek the Lord together. Pour out your spirit, O Lord, upon us and in this place. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. Diane, if you'd lead us softly in whatever the Lord has laid on your heart to lead us in.